you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, I'm your host, Susan Rosen. After talking about the Environmental Working Group's Guide to Produce in last week's podcast, I decided that this week I would look at the Mediterranean diet. And I wanted to see how that produce could be used to improve your overall health. Let's start by defining what the Mediterranean diet is. First off, it's named for the countries that border the Mediterranean Sea. You probably already knew that. It's been shown that all of those countries have a number of things in common, lifestyle, diet, and good health. So the countries that they usually are talking about when they talk about the Mediterranean diet are Italy, Spain, Greece, France, and Northern Africa. The popularity of this diet started after a 2013 five-year study of over 7,000 Spanish people came out of the University of Barcelona. The study showed that changing to a more traditional Mediterranean diet resulted in a 30% decrease of cardiovascular disease, which would be heart problems and uh, blood vessel issues that people in the more high-risk group had. The researchers called it an absolute risk reduction. The high-risk group was made up of people who were overweight, smokers, and or diabetic. The researchers were so surprised that they stopped the study then and there and concluded that all individuals, high risk and healthy, can benefit from eating a Mediterranean diet. At this point, you're probably wondering what, other than red wine, is included in the med diet. Well, first off, it's a high fiber, low sugar, unprocessed food diet with plenty of water and exercise. It's very heavy on vegetables, nuts, legumes, which are beans and that sort of thing, fruits, proteins, whole grains, tubers, which are potatoes and sweet potatoes, healthy fats, herbs, and spices. So let's talk through some of these food groups and break it down a little bit more. High fiber includes whole grains and not just whole wheat, but also brown rice, oats, quinoa, amaranth, which is a cousin of corn, buckwheat, which is actually technically part of the rhubarb family, bulgur, and farro. All of these have high antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, as well as high fiber. These days, you know, it's really easy to find bread and pasta made from these whole grains, both with wheat and in gluten-free versions. But as on all other diets, don't overdo these grains. So in essence, don't make them the largest portion of any meal. You can eat virtually unlimited amount of vegetables on this diet. 
And there are a lot of them to choose from these days in the grocery stores and the farmer's markets. The brassica veggies, which are broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, also have a lot of fiber along with their multitude of vitamins. And not to mention that they taste good too. I'm sure you know about all of the other vegetables available these days like onions, lettuce, kale, charred carrots, and eggplants. Well, I could go on a lot longer, but I think you know what I'm talking about. All of these veggies can go in salads, stir fries, casseroles, or just by themselves on your plate with some olive oil, herbs, and spices, or butter, or not. Maybe you just like it all plain. But now that we're talking about fats, when you're talking about olive oil and and butter, we may as well look at them next in our discussion of the Mediterranean diet. So olive oil is seen as being extremely healthy and an integral part of this whole diet. Over the years, I've actually heard a few health experts suggest taking up to a tablespoon of olive oil straight once a day. Just put it in a spoon and and drink it down. And that it's supposed to be very, very good for the health of your entire system. One thing you have to be aware of though, when you're talking about fats and particularly oils, are the smoke points to help you decide what kind of oil to use for a particular dish. Typically, the more refined an oil is, the higher the smoke point for that oil will be, which means you don't want to use an oil over high heat if it has a low smoke point as it will oxidize, breaking down and producing harmful compounds, which a lot of the time doesn't taste very good. So save the extra virgin olive oil as well as the expeller pressed canola oil for your salads, your bread, and a drizzle over your veggies. One of the best oils to use in your stir fries and to cook proteins in is avocado oil, which has the highest smoke point at 520 degrees Fahrenheit. It's really the best oil as well because it's very healthy, it's light, and its flavor doesn't overpower the rest of the food. I've used it a lot for stir fries and for other kind of frying, And it really is one of the best oils I've ever used. It also makes very good salad dressing. So the oils with the highest smoke points are avocado at 520, like I just said. Refined safflower oil is at 510. You could probably use that for chips and other items. Rice bran oil is at 490 Fahrenheit. And like avocado, it's pretty light tasting because I have cooked with that before. So it doesn't really change the flavors in the dish, which is pretty good. The last one I'm gonna talk about is ghee, which is at 485 degrees Fahrenheit. And that is actually clarified butter, which means that it's the oil and it doesn't have the proteins in it anymore. So if you have any sort of a milk allergy, you should still be able to eat ghee. Use these for frying, stir fries, and also for quick searing on the stovetop. Maybe you wanna make some fried eggs or something like that. Those would be, any of these would be really good for that sort of a dish. Most of the higher end, more flavorful oils 
actually have very low smoke points. And you should reserve those for things like salad dressings. Maybe drizzle them over something that you've just cooked, some sort of a, a dish like steamed vegetables or pasta. Or even put it inside a sandwich, a falafel, or a taco. Those oils would be ones like corn oil, safflower oil, sunflower, peanut, soy, and walnut oils. Everything else falls in the mid-range where you can heat it, but not to high heat like frying or stir-frying. Some of those in the mid-range would be olive oils, butter, coconut oil, canola oil, also known as rapeseed oil, and sesame oil. There are a lot of places that you can go, especially on the internet, <clears throat> to get a list of oils and their smoke points. Even Wikipedia has a list. But I will put a couple of the links that I found in the show notes for you if you're interested. Let's switch gears and get back to the actual Mediterranean diet now and talk about fruit. We've talked a lot about vegetables and fruit is very similar. The one thing that you do need to pay attention to with fruit is that it has a much higher sugar content than vegetables do. And so you don't want to be eating a lot of fruit, but it is so healthy for you that for sure, don't cut it out of your diet, out of your diet. Just remember that if you have a problem with diabetes or high blood glucose levels, or even with yeast issues, you probably want to limit the number of fruits that you have. And as well, be sure and pay attention to the pesticide levels on the fruits as we talked about in last week's podcast. Two fruits that I bet you didn't know are fruits and not vegetables are tomatoes and avocados. Both of those are very good for you and both actually are very low in sugar, which I'm sure you probably figured out. So be sure to include these often in your meals. Avocados in particular will help you to feel full because of their high fat content. And tomatoes will release more vitamins for you if they're cooked, like in spaghetti sauce or you add it to an omelet or stir fry. So don't forget to use both of those in many of the dishes that you make. Proteins, moving on, are an important part of any diet, but one thing that we have to change a little bit if you go on the Mediterranean diet is that it, they shouldn't be the largest part of your meal. We're all used to starting things with our meat or our chicken being the main portion and everything else is just kind of on the side. Well, you need to move this, move the meat off to the side and move the vegetables into the middle. So proteins and healthy grains together should combine to be only about a third to a half of your meal. And as I said, the other half being vegetables. So for your protein, the healthiest are gonna be fish and poultry, as well as probably some eggs. But be sure that you don't eat red meat more than once a week. And don't forget that beans, legumes, nuts, and seeds also have a lot of healthy protein in them, 
but don't load up on them as they really are very high caloric foods. The same probably goes for cheese and other dairy products. Again, don't make that the major part of your meal. All of these, but in particular fish, have high omega-3s in them, which is very important for your brain, as well as your cardiovascular system. Don't overcook or burn any of these, as that can actually affect the level of omega-3s that you're going to get from eating the food. The last item in the diet can be a glass of red wine if you want. A glass means actually five ounces, which probably isn't as much as a lot of us pour, but you can get used to it. I know I have. Don't overdo and don't drink at all if you have other issues with alcohol. And there have been some studies that have shown that a glass of red wine daily can help increase your good, better known as HDL, cholesterol. It can also help you to have a more leisurely meal, be a little more social and de-stress from the rest of your day. But always remember that alcohol doesn't always work for everyone and don't pressure anyone to have any. One more thing for this diet that doesn't have anything to do with food and that is exercise. Just changing what you eat is helpful, but in the long run, you really need to exercise along with it. Going outside to walk or to the gym is very good for helping your digestion, your brain, your muscles, your bones. Weight training along with walking or some kind of interval training really is an important part of a healthy lifestyle. And just walking has been shown to help with weight loss, heart disease, as well as type two diabetes. It can also help to improve your mood your balance and coordination, which I need a lot of help with, let me tell you. If you do start walking, be sure to get the proper shoes and pay attention to where you are walking so you don't trip and fall. I do that, well, not as often as I used to, let's put it that way. Walking with a friend or companion can also make it even more of a pleasant activity and that will keep you walking at times when you don't even feel like going out. But if you know that somebody's waiting for you, you'll put your shoes on and go out the door. I'm not going to get into talking about recipes or dishes to fix on the Mediterranean diet. You can find a lot of those on the internet yourself. I will though, to get you started, include some links for those in my show notes. And I will also be writing a blog post on my website with some links and a few simple recipes and meals to start you off in the blog post. My personal favorites are stir fries because I can make a one dish meal and I can make a lot of it so that it feeds us for more than one meal which I'm a big fan of that. I like being efficient with my time and with having to spend all that time cutting up the veggies and whatever else I'm gonna put in there. So to me, it just seems more efficient and it's such a good meal that I just love it. Okay, so as always, remember that I am not a doctor. And whatever I talk about on this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. I would really appreciate it, as I've said before, if you would like 
and especially leave me a comment wherever you listen to the show, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Google, Stitcher, or if it's on my website, in particular on my website, healthytipsafter50.com. And tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you like about any of the particular podcasts. Any tips that you found that really help you in being healthy and in your day-to-day life. I would also really love it if you would give me some suggestions on some areas that you really find interesting that you'd like me to do a podcast or a blog post about. I look forward to hearing from you and know that I do read all of the comments that I receive. If you do go to the website, or should I say when you go to the website, you can see that there's a free book available if you sign up for updates from the website. And then you can hear about when I have new podcasts and new blog posts going out. Well, that's it for today's show. And I'll look forward to talking to you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.